Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to another Housewives episode of Dunzo. This is me, Troy McKeady, and I'm super excited. I have a first-time guest here today. I haven't had a first-time guest in a while. I usually have reoccurring guests. Um, so I'm excited to get a new perspective and a new take on Housewives from somebody who ironically knows and has a, uh, a, had personal interactions with a lot of the Housewives. I am joined today by David Yontef from the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. How are you? How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm so excited <laughs> to be like a first-time guest when you haven't had a first-time guest in so long. I feel so honored. Yeah, this is like uh, this is like the American Horror Story Hotel. It's like just reoccurring guests all the time. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I always nothing have, like, wrong with American Horror Story Hotel. <laughs> so you now you have to, like once you're in the mix, like you have to be prepared. Like you're definitely probably going to be asked to come back at some point. I'm like okay with that. <laughs> uh, we'll tell people. Let's start by talking about your podcast. Like, what what is the name of your podcast, and what do you do? So my podcast is Behind the Velvet Rope. So really, I mean, the reason I started it is because I kind of went from fan to friend with all these Bravo celebrities, particularly housewives, and I was hanging out with them all. You know, and I realized that like these stories, like these things that are happening when I'm hanging out with these housewives, when there's no cameras rolling, I'm like, these are kind of not even confidential because if something's that confidential, I really won't spill it. But you know, there's enough here that I can talk about that like the average person that's not in these situations is probably going to find interesting, you know, like what is so-and-so really like off camera when they're on their third drink, you know, at a bar. Right. So I really started my podcast just to talk about these stories and not know, you know, like, I don't know if there's an audience for this, but my pilot episode was me in Florida at a dinner with Ramona Singer, Dolores Catania and Kelly Dodd. So I, I recorded the first episode. I'm like, I think this is good. I don't know. And I put it out. And then all of a sudden, people started DMing, like, you write at dinner with Dolores, Ramona and Kelly? Like, what? Yeah, it's like you a know? clown car seriously and (laughs) literally I mean that's the thing like you know what can go wrong did go wrong it's just what you're picturing Ramona sat down the menu was open but but the rest of the people were in the freaking entranceway Ramona's like on her first course like before anyone even knows what's going on like she doesn't care she doesn't care that you don't have a drink or water she's like I want this I want this and she's eating a five course meal and no one else is even like taken their seat right (laughs) right so like things like that and then of course there's a lot more to it of course I had to like jockey and push everyone out of the way and like nosedive for the chair sitting next to Ramona because 
that's just where I needed to sit. So even just to hear Ramona order her like signature cocktail, even just to like hear it in person would be like enough for me. It's that's the thing. It's really, it was really funny. So I was just like, okay. And then like my show morphed into, it's still these stories, but it morphed into a lot of interviews with Bravo celebrities and like people that are on, it's not just Bravo. I mean, I would say 10% is other pop culture reality. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, I'm obsessed with Selling Sunset now. I don't know if you watch Selling Sunset. It's the best reality show ever. So I, I branch out of Bravo, but like, I guess the mo- the majority of what I do is, so I, I interview Bravo people and talk about these stories. Yeah, so I just, I've, I've been binging your episodes this week and I do, I really, really like the style of the interviews that you do. I feel like I feel like you get the housewives and you get Bravo celebrities to, to to say things that like they want to be saying, like they like are doing the interview with you that they want to be doing that they they probably should be doing on Watch What Happens Live, but they can't. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I feel too. Yeah, you get them to like break and like be really really comfortable. I just listened to your interview with Marlo, which I thought was super super good. Um, the Tamra, I actually think the Tamra interview was like the best episode of yours that I've listened to so far. It's one of my favorites. You know, I mean, everyone thinks like, oh my God, you know, you love all these people that you have on. I'm like, first of all, I don't love every guest that I have on. Right. You know, I just don't. I mean, it's like, I'm like anyone else. Like there's people I like more than others. And then, you know, there's other people where I may not even love them, but they come on and I'm like, oh my God, this interview was so good. And then there are other shows when I put it out where people will be like, that show was great. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, I I appreciate that, but it actually wasn't. I mean, you could say it was great. Tamara, I I totally agree. I think it was two parts. Mm -hmm. I, I love her as a person. She's totally open and honest. And she just was kind of herself like the stars aligned I mean she was drinking during it which is always helpful when a guest is drinking yeah but yeah I I I think that's a good one to like because it was two parts it was and that's the thing if I I won't stop someone so if someone wants to talk for like an hour and a half to two hours I'll let them and then I'll just put it out as two parts yeah well it's like the thing is is like some of them are good in like uh like a traditional way where it's just like a traditionally good interview and then some of them are good because not because it's like a traditionally good interview, but the housewife is just giving you what you expect them to give you. Like Jill Zarin's interview was amazing because it was so Jill Zarin. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. It was like everything that you would expect a hour long conversation with Jill Zarin on the internet to be. Just like her talking to her dad, like in the background being like, daddy, daddy. I mean, like it was so hyper Jill it was amazing and everyone picked up on the fact that she was eating during it like a lot of people DM me and they're like how rude she was eating and I'm like it's just it's Jill Zarin like what else do you expect yeah it was amazing and I love that like after after like maybe like 30 or 40 minutes of like like promoting her businesses and promoting the rugs and like you know your dogs can pee on the rugs and it's fine and like doing all the things then she went into full like mother hen Jill Zarin mode of being like so what's with you <laughs> you know what I mean like exactly. trying to, to like to like parent you and like navigate your life a little bit on your own podcast it was like actually actually that may be my favorite I have a real uh I have a real personal affinity for Jill Zarin it's like it runs deep she's your favorite is she your favorite New York ever um no controversial opinion Bethany Frankel is my favorite New York housewife ever it's like almost cliche 
Um, but I think that Jill Zarin is just so... I think that, like, at the end of the day, whatever issues Andy Cohen has with Zil- with Jill Zarin need to be squashed for, the like, the better of the show. I think that Jill is an amazing reality television star, and I think that she should be on that show. Like, I think the way that she's featured on the show is, like, a, as if she wasn't, like, at one time the pillar of the entire fucking city <laughs> of, of New York. Seriously. I just think it's inappropriate, to be honest with you. She's like, you love. I mean, Bethany is one of my favorites, too. I know it's such a cliche answer. But yeah. I just, to me, Bethany has won the game of Housewives. Like, she's won. That's it. Right. Like, drop the mic. It's not, it's not going to get better than that. It doesn't get better than Bethany. I know she calls herself a professional housewife, and I think it's like, there's no better term. Like, she has mastered being a housewife. She's mastered, like, being comfortable falling into whatever role a housewife fits into that, like that specific season, because obviously it has to shift. Like you have to go through your villain moment, your hero moment, you know, your like voice of reason moment, your potster moment, depending on how long you're on the show. And she's mastered all of them. I think. I think so too. And like, you know what I love? I just love anyone that has like an art. You know, like where yeah. your, your life is so different, which I guess is a lot of people when they're on for so long. But yeah. I just love that she has a real arc. And, you know, and she really started out poor, you know, and really was in that market, like selling those and driving around the Hamptons at her skinny girl car. Like, you know, Bethany never shied away. Like she did it. Like you can't say she just kicked up her feet and said, I'm famous now, make it happen. Like, she made it happen. So you have to respect that, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's almost like, in my opinion, all of the housewives post-Bethany are sort of, like, doing their best version of Bethany, whether they even know it or not. You know, trying to, like, connect to the audience in this in in an intense enough way that they feel this like emotional connection to your brand and you know and the way that Bethany was able to kind of navigate like I said all of the different kind of archetypes that you have to fall into as a housewife over the years I think I yeah I think that they all kind of cosplay as Bethany which is like people are gonna hate they hate the people are going to hate that I just said that people are very polarized by Bethany Frankel they are I mean, in a way, I'm polarized by her, too. Like, I have my moments where I'm over her, but I get what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I do think most people either absolutely love her or absolutely hate her. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're totally right. There's no real gray area. And I think the people who hate her also still understand that she, like, self-produces amazing TV. She really does. Like, that's the thing. Like, she's great at the one-liners and not everybody is like she just she's just born to do this like she's just born to do this you know I mean then you look at like this whole be strong and I mean what is what like how would you ever know how to do that like Bethany like I get it that she does have a lot of money and resources to pull it all together but you still have to kind of know what you're doing you know like Bethany can do she just she she could run for president. I, I've said this before, and I actually really mean it. Like, she, I'm going to get a lot of hate for that comment. But <laughs> she really, trust me, but she just figures it out, you know? I mean, she's doing, 
90% more than our fucking government. I mean, like you said, who would just know how to figure out moving planes? And like, you know, I'm being like, hey, we need a plane to fucking Aruba or whatever today and figuring out how to do that and having it be filled with, you know, a thousand crates of water and money cards. I mean, who the fuck, from billionaires all over the country. I mean, who, you know, it's insane. Um, So like what, I guess you're so in like emotionally invested in Bravo now. It's like your job. So what is your... Like, do you have a favorite Housewives franchise or do you love them all the same at this point, kind of? I mean, New York, because it's what I know, you know? And it, right. it doesn't mean it's because I know them, because I know New Jersey and I know other people that are on Bravo that I'm friendly with. So it's not like, oh, I live in New York and I know these women and that's why. It's just what I mean is like, it's what I know because I understand the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I love them all. I don't need to see myself up on the small screen, but you know, I understand. You know, Ramona and Sonia let's meet for a martini at six p.m. Yeah. Versus, you know, Gina Kirschenheider let me get in my car and go pick up my kids right. and move into a condo in the suburbs. Right. I mean, there's yeah. no. There's no. I'm not. There's no criticism there. I'm just saying. So, like, I see myself on the screen in New York. It's what I relate to. It's I live in New York. It's like my lifestyle. So because of that, I think I would always have a predilection to say New York is my favorite. Yes, agreed. I mean, New York is, I think that New York has always had, I think the best housewives cities are the cities where the girls all collectively kind of understand what the sort of spirit of their show is. I think there's some housewife cities where the girls all think they're on a different show and things get weird, you know? Kind of, yeah. No, I mean, you're right. It's kind of like, yeah, the New York girls, like, I've talked about this so much before. Like, I think, look, it's a job like anything else. So once you're there long enough, you learn what to do. Right. But I think the New York girls are just so good at it. Mm -hmm. Like, they know what they're doing. Which is not yeah. bad. It makes for good TV. Yeah, they're they're really good at doing the thing that they are good at, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And they know... The thing that I've always loved about New York is that it moves a mile a minute. It's like, they don't linger on things. You know, we're going to talk about Beverly Hills today, obviously. And it's like, you know, in New York, it's like basketball. Like, they don't... They're, like, ready to move to the they other side of the, the court. Ball. Yeah, it's immediate. It's like, okay, we fought about this thing. And we may fight about it all season, but, like, the fight is going to continue and, and turn into all these different things. We're not going to sit across from each other at a dinner at a dinner table and have these, like, slow, like, nonverbal conversations about a dog for seven months. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Right. And I mean, at least for me and like 
I don't know if this is because I know them, because that's a whole nother thing I could talk about for a whole hour, hence your maybe I'll be back on. You know, like, can I even watch these shows? Like, when I know the players? It's a strange thing, because, like, you just almost have, like, an awareness of what's going on off camera. But what I love about New York from, like, a filming point of view is, to me, like, it seems like they're all appreciative. Like, because, look, if you're on an ensemble cast, like, you almost don't want to be the breakout because it makes your job so much harder if it's all about right. you. Right. So like for me in New York, I feel that they all appreciate like Luann is there and she, if she does her thing and then she passes the ball to yeah. like to Sonia and she's like, thank God Sonia's having a breakdown now. Yeah. Thank God, because now I can have a moment. And then Sonia does her thing and then she passes the ball to Dorinda. So I feel like yeah. they all almost are like, I feel like they, they, like, get it. I feel like they get, like, thank God that person's bringing the drama or coming at me or today's their day because, like, it's making our show a blockbuster. Yeah. I, I feel that they're in on that. And they're like, thank God I can pass the ball and I have really strong team players because I'm tired today. That, I, I, I mean, that, that's how I would be. But I, I get the impression that's how they are. Totally. I think that, yeah, I 100% I agree with you. They, it's like they all collectively kind of understand, like, the bigger picture with their show. And they all know that, like, they all have an understanding just, like, on a surface level that they're funny. They all know that they're funny in different ways. And they all, like, know the reason that they're specifically funny. They know that they have, like, you know, New York has always had really great drama and really great, like, internal relationships that, you know, date you know, 10, 15, 20 years, which is one of the things I love about it. But at the end of the day, it's like, those girls are just fucking funny and they know that they're hilarious. And they know that there's almost sort of like an I Love Lucy element to their show. Kind of. Which I love. Like, it's like silly. And it's like, you know, it's hilarious. Like, I don't think I laugh more on any, like with any Housewives franchise than I do in New York. I really like belly laugh the entire time. It's like the best comedy on TV. That's like what I always say. Yeah, it really is. So this season isn't, because a lot of people are hating this season. I find that to be really, really odd. Well, actually, you know what? I don't. I wanted to talk to you about this. Yes. One of the things that I messaged you that I wanted to talk about with you specifically was that I feel like all of the housewives sort of seem to be in this like transitional phase. Like we're all in, in a transition. We're having this like, you know, collective awakening all over the fucking globe about whatever. And Housewives is like no different. Like, I feel like people are either like becoming indifferent to Housewives or they're more tuned into it or they're less tuned into it. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like the tides are changing. And New York seems to be in this sort of like transitional phase, especially with Leah. Um, like, it's, like, kind of learning who it is again. But I don't mind that. Like, I don't mind kind of watching it figure out, like, what it's going to be now. It's going to be something different, but it seems like it'll be fine. But then, I mean, yeah, I agree with all that. But don't you feel that a change is coming? Because that's what I feel. Totally. 1,000%. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. So I just did... So because I have so many freaking interviews with all these Bravo celebrities, past and present, and there technically is a wait list, although mind you, if someone from Bravo called me, I would drop everything and interview them. Mm -hmm. So I started a Patreon account. This isn't like a shameless plug for my behind the velvet no, Patreon. It. Do it. But 
because I don't get to talk like this on my regular show anymore just because now I'm, you know, with all these interviews. If the yeah. interviews got out, but I can't even keep up fast enough for people that seem to be calling me wanting to come on. So I just did a Patreon episode with Martini Mike from Real Housewives of New York. Just, I was like, come on, this will be fine. And I made a major prediction, but every week that goes by, I keep changing it. So I, two weeks ago, I was certain that Ramona and Sonia were gonna be let go. I was certain. Mm. Here's my thing, and now after watching it, now I'm like, maybe nobody's gonna be let go and they're just gonna replace Tinsley. So like, I'm so all over the place, but I just think, I don't know, like the ratings haven't been great this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just feel, listen, it's like, when Andy went to Tamara and said, you know, you're being let go, and Tamara's like, why? What did right. I do? Andy was like, you didn't do anything. We just want to see what it feels like without you here. And Vicky left, and, like, the closest thing to Vicky was Tamara. I mean, Vicky didn't leave. I mean, Vicky was let go. But, like, Vicky being let go doesn't necessarily change the show. And so they're like, OC needs to be changed completely. And the best way to do that was to get rid of Tamara, who's like the most closely associated with Vicky. Right. And now without Vicky and Tamara, I'm not saying it's going to be great with the current cast, but at least we're going to see. And like, if you think about it, it is going to be a much different show, much different. Who knows? Maybe Emily will bring it and just step up and I don't know. So I feel with New York, they're going to be like, what can we do to drastically change this show? Mm -hmm. That's honestly what I feel is coming. Okay. So I, tell me what you think about my prediction. My heart is really leading me this way. And I haven't really strayed since the beginning of the season. I feel like Leah coming in, for me personally, it's like, I've always known that the women in New York were conservative. Of course, they're Upper East Side gals. Like I understand their whole gig, but I think the introduction of Leah was like almost sort of jarring. It's like, wow, like you guys are so conservative that you think that she's like some fucking biker bitch because she has a tattoo. Like you think she's gonna pull out a little shank or something at, at dinner because she has a tattoo. Like I, it's like, it almost like, I was like, wow, this is really a conservative group of women. You know what I mean? And I, I, I it's, it was wild. Yeah. And I mean, like, so, I mean, that's the thing. Listen, and I love them. I spend many nights on at the Regency. I am on the Upper East Side all the time. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, does the world who's never been to New York think that these women have represented New York? You know, so that's why to me, Leah is like, it makes sense because right. this is New York. There's lots of pockets of New York. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I think that Leah, I think the show is just going to lean in to Leah next year. And I think they're going to kind of rebrand in Leah's world because Leah's world is, is super fascinating. And I think we'll get an introduction of like maybe some of Leah's friends I think maybe Leah's sister will be on more. Like, I think that the show could go a little younger, possibly. Well, I think that's what is happening. I mean, I asked Tamara about this when she was on. You know, do you think it's, you know, yeah. And for anyone who hasn't heard the Tamara interview, I agree, those are two of the best ones. But I mean, Tamara was like, yeah, like, I, I think so too. I think age has something to do with it. I mean, yeah. Vicky and Tamara are like 58 and 56, I think. 
Right. So, and Bronwyn isn't. Bronwyn's younger, you know? Right. And the rumor is, although I think either Tamara or Vicky denounced this when I spoke to them, but the rumor was that, like, this season they really went to Bronwyn and were like, who do you know? And who are your friends? And who's your family? You know, I forgot. Like, I think Bronwyn's, like, 42, 38, something like that. Yeah. So I think in general and you know that now there's this rumor going around in atlanta that they just cast two people that are like in their like one's 35 and one's 37 but i don't know if that's confirmed i don't think it is but i just think in general the housewives is going to start skewing younger which i have mixed feelings about right i do agree with you that i think the person who is the most protected is leah leah's the one person who has zero percent chance of getting fired yeah, I think Leah's presence may have, like, forever changed what this show is. And I think, you know, Real Housewives is interesting. Like, the reason that I brought up the thing earlier about it sort of um, having this, like, weird... Like I said, we're all, like, collectively kind of, like, changing what's, like, important to us or whatever. And, like, people are, like, watching more TV or watching less or whatever. And it's, like... Right. The Housewives in itself is interesting because it has unapologetically been mostly the same for like over a decade like it's been on for so long and it feels like the network is like really cautious to make changes that kind of change the integrity of the show like even them talking to the camera and breaking the fourth wall in the tiniest bit for housewives that's a a huge deal you know it's a huge deal because they don't make big major changes like that you know so it's like yeah, I, I do think that we're going to the kind of step into this new generation of housewives where they do maybe go younger. And I also have mixed feelings about it. I don't know how I, I don't know exactly how I feel about that because I don't really want to see all of my fucking housewives turn into like siesta key. Like I'm not interested in that. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's like my whole thing. My whole thing is like there's so much of that on TV and like our society like just gears everything younger. Like we have so much of it, like Jersey Shore, Siesta Key, Vanderbilt Rules. I mean, the hills, like, and it's all great. I I love it all. Don't get me wrong. But like, I love that there was this place where like women later in life, I mean, I'm not even saying 40s later in life, but like, you know, with like TV being so geared towards youth that there was one place where I was like this is bucking the trend and it's a huge freaking show so you know like when Shannon Bedore says you know I you know this all came to me at like 50 or whatever like that's the beauty of Housewives to me yes agreed they're like they're grown-ass women that have adult women problems like it's interesting yeah I don't know I agree with you I think that that's one of the best things about the show it is like a yeah, it's like a little pocket of like not having to watch like young girls in like s- like strappy heels fight at like nightclubs. As fun as that yeah. is, it's like I'd rather watch you know Gina Kios clean her kitchen island with pledge. I really honestly would. Yeah, I mean, and like we have so much of the other like you know. I mean, listen, I get the theory behind it. Like, let's get Leah at thirty eight, and we have you know ten years in her. Like, I I get why, right? but I just don't know. And then I I know other people, which this hasn't really stood out to me, but I know other people have told me that they feel the difference. I feel it a little bit like 
they feel the difference between like a Leah and like a Ramona or a Luann. Like really Leah versus the rest of the cast. Like they just feel that difference when they're on screen together. Like they're, they're yeah. aware of the age, which I'm not really, but I mean, yeah. with Tinsley gone, I mean, I think, yeah, they're definitely going to get one new person, but I, I don't know. I just think, I think if they don't shake it up and Tinsley is replaced and that's it, it will definitely be a younger friend of Leah's, but I feel then that's it. Like it's just one more season. If like, that's, I think the best these girls are going to do. That's just my opinion. If it's not next season, it will definitely be the season after, but I don't know why I really think it's the season. I think it's coming. I think this is the end for some of these girls. I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I really hope I'm wrong. I know. I I agree with you. And I, I hope, I agree with you, and I also hope you're wrong. <laughs> I really Me don't want too. it to be true, but it's like, I, yeah, I could see it. I mean, and, and I'm like, well, sorry, I was go gonna ahead. say, no, I was gonna say that because I go back and forth because then I'm like, so here's the thing like, someone said to me, there's no way it would be Ramona because the whole show is about her. And how everyone, like, you know, oh, Ramona, oh, Ramona, oh, Ramona. I'm like, Yes, I, I get that, but then that's all that's not good. That is when you get fired. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that is when you're like, okay, the whole show is about Ramona and it's everyone like, oh Ramona, oh Ramona, oh Ramona, and there's four really drunk women. That is a great thing for a season or two, but like this is now the fourth season that it's all about Ramona and four drunk women. So right. I feel like if it's all about Ramona, oh Ramona, oh Ramona. It's almost to me like that's why she is gonna go. That's why this whole, cause think about it. This is just, and I hope I'm wrong again, like, but think about it. Like if they replace Tinsley with a friend of Leah's, you will be excited for the same cast and a replacement of Tinsley that's a friend of Leah's. But if the whole show has changed and they get rid of two major players and bring in some of Leah's friends, you're going to be more excited for that show. You're not, you're going to, you're like salivating. Yeah. You, you, you can't even yes. imagine. You can't even imagine what that's going to look like. And that is going to get you so shocked and energized. And that's why I think this is coming after this season. I really do. I also feel like I should say, because I like made it seem like I'm like living for the season. It, it does, this does feel like a transition season to me. And it also, me too. It has this quality of like, you know, I was nervous. The thing that I was nervous about when I found out that Bethany wasn't returning was that I was like, this is probably going to feel like a real, like chickens with their heads cut off kind of thing. Like they're all just going to be so free and excited to like not have Bethany there stealing, stealing every moment. And they're going to be so fucking drunk. Like I, in my mind, I was like, this is going to be a shit show, especially the first time that I saw the preview and I saw Sonia like stabbing that glass with her heel i was like this is gonna be a fucking train wreck and it does sort of feel that way it's like it was fun for you know maybe two or three weeks to watch the girls consecutively get like black out like titties showing drunk it was like funny but it does it's like starting to sort of feel like okay like what is happening right, right now right and that's the thing it's like I mean, there were moments, so I, right, it's fun. And then there are moments where you're like, 
and is this because I know these people in real life or is this how everyone's feeling? But like, like I have moments where I watch Sonia and I cringe and that's, I'm not judging her. It's the opposite. I'm like, oh my God. And then you have moments where you watch Dorinda and like, I cringe and it's like, oh my God. It's like such a cry for help. And don't get me wrong. Nobody loves their martinis more than me. Like I am, there's no judgment here. Like, give me my martinis and let me fall down drunk and I am a happy girl. Yeah. So, I, but it's just like, that's where, and also oh, something I talked about on my Patreon too is like, is the world changing like you say and that the world is changing? Like, I just think like, it, do we want something different now out of right. our housewives? A little bit, not much. But a little bit. I mean, look, we don't want a serious political commentary and buttoned up housewives and a serious show. That's not what we want. But like, is it going too far now? And like, are certain people becoming a liability for the network in light of what just happened? Like with like Kristen and Stassi and like, is the Mm -hmm. network now just like worried? I mean, it has nothing to do with like race i mean there's a lot of other liabilities in of what people could say and do like are these now i don't know it's it really feels like a transition tra- transition season to me too it i don't i i can't explain why but i just i i sense it and like are people still interested like in what's going on in the world like are people still invested in housewives like you said like the ratings are down and like you know new york is like had its ebbs and flows of course of being like having really great ratings and like not so great but like are people going to continue being locked into housewives especially when it's like you know new york is like okay yeah new york is having this one season i think that this is a good transition because i think it's like yeah new york is having a season right now where it feels a little bit like what's going on but new york has been giving us fucking banger after banger after banger for a very long time consecutively has been giving us iconic iconic seasons of television whereas you look at something like a Beverly Hills and it's like how long am I going to fucking wait for this show to get good like how at what point am I the fucking fool for waiting for this show to get good I get it I get it so I mean Yes. Now here's my thing. I am like always swayed by Beverly Hills, but I feel it's just because it's Beverly Hills and it's pretty to watch. So I think, but I do think most people, like most people didn't like last season and most people aren't really liking this season. I hate it. (laughs) I hate them both. You do? So like, why do you, so like, okay, let's this season, like, why do you hate this season? So the reason that I don't like Beverly Hills and I think the reason that it makes me so upset, I've said this before on the podcast a million times. So people listening are like, probably going to be like, oh, here we go. But I feel like Beverly Hills throughout the years has turned into, you know, when you go back and rewatch the old seasons of Beverly Hills, it literally is so, I'd say more than any other housewife city, more than Jersey, like more than Atlanta. It really feels like some fucking camera on the shoulder docu-series. Like this is a group of women going through some intense shit. It, it literally didn't even feel like a reality show. It was like a docu-series. Beverly Hills. Yeah. It was intense, you know, with like the Richard sisters and Taylor Armstrong and, you know, it it was just, there was a lot going on. And then it has slowly transitioned into being about, it's a show about 
nothing. It's a show about watching a group of women sort of flounder and try and figure out ways to make their show interesting. I feel like we're all just watching them try to make good TV and they just consecutively haven't been able to accomplish it. I mean, I could see that. What do you think about it? I mean, I love... I mean, I see it both ways. Like, I... I'm more enamored with the lifestyle. Do you know what I'm saying? Which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that means that this is the show that I should be watching. Like, I mean, it's for the same reason that I love Million Dollar Listing New York or Million Dollar Listing LA. You know what I mean? Like, I like seeing all of that. Doesn't right. really mean I like seeing, you know, that there's really anything going on. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I just like the cars and the houses and the opulent wealth but that doesn't necessarily mean I, that it, right. Like if I take that out of it, I mean, that could be million dollar listing LA. It's the same thing. Yeah. So having said that, if I really focus, like I get why people don't love it. You're, you're just bored. Is that what I'm, it is? I'm bored and I'm sick of watching these, this show try and figure out what it is now. And like, I'm, I'm sick of watching the girls latch on to lit I mean it's like they will latch they're so desperate to make a good television show that they will attach themselves to anything they'll they'll turn anything they can into like a fight or a moment it just seems desperate do you know what I mean it just feels like oh my god now we're gonna fight about this for like maybe five weeks and nobody even fucking cares and they think that they're like giving us these riveting moments and literally nobody cares. Well, that is the one thing. I mean, I don't like the, I mean, this is now the second season that they're doing it where it's just so manufactured. I mean, both seasons, if you think about it, are strange in the fact that last season it was about a dog, which did not happen during filming. And now it's about right. this whole supposed affair, which didn't happen during filming. So it's like nothing is being captured. It's like you're sitting there before the season starts and saying, like, how is this going to be edited right. to make a story? And that, to me, is like, when did we really... I mean, like, when do we really see that in any other housewives? Like, it's not in New York. New York has a million stories. And even in the OC, I can't remember the last time the whole season was about one thing. Yeah, like, earlier you brought up liking the aspect of sort of, like, like watching these people's lifestyle. Like, it is, it's interesting. Like, the, the thing about Beverly Hills that is interesting is, like, being able to unapologetically watch these people, these really, really wealthy people just live. But the show now isn't even about their lives. That's the other thing that bothers me is like Beverly Hills is a show where it's almost not at all about the the lives of these women. Like it's just about lunches and dinners and parties and dinner parties and shopping moments. Like what is going, I've, I realized the other day, I said to this, uh, I was talking to my friend Katie about this on the phone. I was like, have we seen beyond the fucking entryway of Erica Jane's house in, like, years? Like, are we only allowed in that front room now? Like, what happens in Erica Jane's life? What does she do at home? Well, did you see on Twitter that 
I forgot who it was. Somebody called out Denise, I think, because Camille and Garcelle are, are doubling down on defending Denise. And Camille is, someone's like, you know, Denise shouldn't be on the show. Like, that's it. She's not, she doesn't want to be real anymore and show anything about her life. And Camille jumped in and was like, when the hell does Erica show anything about her life? Well, yeah. so yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, I almost feel like Erica just, I feel like Erica just, she gives just enough to say she did it. Where she's like, let's give them an episode about my mom. And it's like, there's my family. And then we'll go visit my old strip club and I'll tell a story about how I used to dance in the pole. And there's my, there's my past. It's she's like, just, okay. to me, she's like, like there's certain housewives that are just in that, like, I mean, I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying this too. And I'm not saying I agree with this, but I'm just saying there's a lot of housewives that are in that like Nene leaks, like icon status. Oh yeah. Where the thought of getting rid of them doesn't even like enter our minds. And like, that's just kind of Erica. Like somehow she's yep. managed to put herself in this other class. I 1000% agree with you. And I think she's, I mean, she's an interesting one to look at because I think her presence on the show did change the show a lot. Like, you know, they weren't, yeah. of course the girls in Beverly Hills always like, it's Beverly Hills, but they weren't showing up to get an, an afternoon lunch in a fucking Bob Mackie gown. They no. weren't showing up to dinner in like, you know, archived Alexander McQueen that somebody would run in the fucking VMAs. Like they've all, be, it's become this like vapid, shallow television show that's like insane when you think about the fact that it used to be a show about like a really intense like sister dynamic, one of them struggling with addiction issues. Right. Uh, so about a woman whose husband fucking killed himself on the show and she was like grappling with the domestic violence of it all. Like this was a, you know, Camille Grammer going through her divorce on national television and being cheated on. Like this was a show about like real shit. And now it's right. like, we are literally fighting for six months about like who sat where at a dinner table. And I even like Brandy, I mean, you know, when she started, A, she's, she's not loaded and she had a very public scandal where her husband cheated on her. Yeah, and she was, yeah, like you said, she doesn't have a lot of money. She was like dealing with kind of being a, a, in what you would call Beverly Hills broke single mom. Right. You know, that stuff was so compelling and it was like, it was just such a different show and I feel like Erica Jane came along and she turned this show into a fucking shoe dazzle commercial. And yes. now it's where we are. And nobody talks about their lives. They just want to show up being styled fucking head to toe and fight about the dumb shit that they've all decided that the season is going to be about. It's like, well, this year we're going to fight about a puppy for a whole year. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like, you know, Dorit coming down for breakfast in, you know, stilettos and a Balmont sweater and like Gucci slides and full makeup. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Dorit actually, but that's another story. But like, no, like you don't need to get ready for a breakfast scene for three hours. Like that's where it's like, it doesn't work. This is no longer reality. Yeah, this is like a weird... This is like turned into like a weird VH1 show all of a sudden. I'm like, what am and, I watching? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, as a franchise, I think it's the most, it's the least relatable to human beings. So even if you come down looking like shit, 
no one, I mean, you're still up there. You're still yeah. living the life that is very aspirational to 99% of the world. Right. When you have your driver waiting outside for 24 hours in this house. And so <laughs> it's like, it, you're like unrelatable enough. Right. <laughs> you know, so like, it just isn't, it's just, yeah. But that's the thing. They are glammed up. They're glammed up for scenes. And that's my problem. Now I, so one of the really funny things about your podcast that I'm always like, I, it always makes me laugh is that like, you have like this reoccurring mentioning that you went to high school with Dorit, but the thing that drives me crazy is like, nobody ever asks you to like expand on it. Like, I'm like, hi, tell me everything about Dorit in high school. Like, I, I want to know all, this is your moment. I want to know all of the things. Well, okay. So here's the thing. First of all, <laughs> I mean, we were we were different years, so it's not like we were the same year. We shared sisters. My good friend and her good friend were sisters. So okay. we are connected through that. So first of all, I sadly, I'm one of those people who has like an awful memory. I mean, not really, but like then I do, like about things like from childhood. Right. But the thing is, the one memory that I can remember crystal clear is my friend's birthday we went on her father's boat like her birthday was on the boat and everybody was invited and her younger sister brought a plus one and the plus one was Dorit so I was out trapped at sea with Dorit and oh my you're just <laughs> I mean but the thing is I mean she wasn't Dorit if I knew she would become Dorit exactly that's what's so interesting though I would have been best friends with her. I would have said like, <laughs> you're need to be my best friend. Because one day I can basically have my birthday party and boy George can sing to me. So exactly. like, there's a lot of reasons why I would have kissed her eat's ass if I had known, you know, so, but I didn't. Um, so we were at sea and all I remember is the sister and Dorit were like the wild childs of the boat. And they were at the front, like in Titanic, you know, like where she like, <laughs> is like, look at me or whatever the hell yeah, she yeah. says. And I just remember Dorit was doing that. And like my friend's father and like parents were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, get down, get down, get down. You're going to fall. Please, <laughs> Dorit, please, Dorit, please, please, please come back. Cause you know, like when, and it was not like we were so young, but you know, like just anyone, like when you're the captain of the boat, you really wouldn't want that to be taking place. Yeah, please don't fall like under I mean, our boat. Right, there's so many things that could happen. And if you fall into the water, there's so many things that could go wrong from yeah. sharks to you hitting your head yeah. to the boat, like knocking you out, like what, what? Yeah. But Dorit just, so it was kind of like, one of those like I've arrived moments and it was Dorit at the head of the boat just having her moment. So where was Dorit in the like in the transition of Dorit's accent <laughs> if it's a scale where was she on the scale <laughs> during that time? I mean <laughs> I remember I mean listen we so I grew up between New York and Connecticut like right. yes everyone in New York lots of people have an accent there's a very strong Brooklyn Queens Westchester Long Island accent they're not all the same those are like four different strong accents right there I am from our high school was in Connecticut like there is no accent in Connecticut right yeah it's it's just 
you don't have an accent. I mean, I maybe now have like a slight New York accent. I mean, maybe I have a strong one to people not from New York. When I travel out of the country, everyone thinks I have a strong New York accent, but that's because I lived here forever. It's not like some, but there was no accent in Connecticut. There's no, I mean, Dori is a Jewish girl from Connecticut. There's no, there's no British there. It's amazing. I mean, honestly, it's like, I, I, I know that Dorit drives people crazy. I know that people generally just really don't like Dorit, but I really like her. I, right? Yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, so, okay, so because, like, we're from the same place, I mean, that right there, I'll always love her, but, like, I still just love her. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's so interesting to me to watch. My friend Russ always says that uh, Denise, or Denise, that uh, Dorit is somebody that's like, it's like, she almost has one of those personalities where it's like, you literally almost have to be a gay man to like Dorit. Like, to really appreciate, to really appreciate her, like, the character of Dorit. I feel like Dorit recently has learned that, like, she should just lean in. I feel like a lot of the housewives, the the housewives that are successful on the show in whatever way, like, understand that they should lean into the things that they become known for, you know? Yeah. And it's like, like, don't fight it, because the more you fight it, the more the audience is going to hate you. Just lean in. Right. I mean, I say this all the time about Ramona. I mean, how brilliant that you've basically made a career out of being rude. Like, like Ramona doesn't have to take pictures with fans when she sees them because she's known for not. Like, she she gets it. She's leaned in. I mean, granted, she doesn't really want to take pictures with fans anyway. So, but like she leans into it and it's like she's able to show up and just be like whatever I'm here for three minutes and now there's hot men down the street at Omar's and that's where I need to go and I need to leave the this this Halloween party and like Ramona leans into it right she leans in like she knows she leans into the thing that people have decided is like what her identity is on the show yeah and like Dorit has really really done that in the past couple years and I don't know. I like, I think Portia did that in Atlanta maybe like a year or so ago. Like Portia really just leaned into Portia and now she's like a shining star. I like when housewives do that. Like Dorit is like, yeah, I understand now what the character of Dorit is. She's a little, like a little like Nomi Malone. (laughs) She's a little like ridiculous. She like dresses like a Sim and I'm here for it. I agree i agree i mean it's almost like branding it's almost like yeah like if i were on one of these shows i like i I, the thing is like i my mind like i'm just like a marketer it's just like the way my mind thinks like marketing and branding i just i can't help it like that's so if it were me i would get it like that's what i've always said about these shows like it shocks me when people don't get it Right. And if you get it and you're acting like you don't get it, that I'm okay with. But right. if you really don't get how it works, like no one's going to be a Bethany. Like she got it, but like you should still get it and right. lean into it and run with it because it's going to end. So like if it were me, I would get it. I'd be like, oh, wait a second. These are the four things that people say to me all day in my DMs. Yeah. And, and when I see people and like, I, I would just get it after a season or two of like, this is like my shtick 
And that's, I've always said this, and you almost become like a heightened version of yourself. It's not fake, but you almost like, it is almost like acting. Like when you're home at night, you're like, okay, I'm gonna become that person tomorrow. And it's still you, but you just lean into it. And yeah. I would play it up and I'd be like, I'm gonna ride this train forever. Yeah, so it's like the- Maybe has that figured out. It's like the cartoon version of you. Like Lisa Vanderpump has figured it out. Lisa Vanderpump is literally living as, she's living as Lisa Vanderpump. Like she's living her fantasy. Right. You know, she lives her fantasy. She knows what people want to see from her. Lisa knows, Lisa is basically a drag queen. Like she knows that people want to see her walk through Sir with like a flouncy pink blouse. And they want to see her holding Jiggy and they want to see her, you know, ordering Vanderpump, you know, Vanderpump Rosé. She knows that people want to see from her as Lisa Vanderpump. Like, she understands her character. It's like, yeah, crazy that it takes so long. I think that Erica, too. I mean, Erica, I mean, okay, I guess Erica's a different situation because she created a whole alter ego before she was even on the damn show. Right. I, I actually always use the example of like some, the opposite of the example uh, with Sheree. Like the fact that Andy Cohen for like seven years would ask Sheree Whitfield as a joke if she was wearing She by Sheree and she would like shy away from it and say no. It's like, you should be wearing She by Sheree. Like yeah, seriously. you should, you should have a fucking, and it shouldn't be a t-shirt line. It should, you should literally have a line of clothing called She by Sheree because 10 years later, it's what people still know you for. Like, what are exactly. you doing? What are you doing? What is, like, I don't understand. Um, well, I do have to ask you, like, what you, what is your take on what is happening with Housewives or with Beverly Hills? Like, what is your take on the whole Brandy, Denise of it all? Like, what is your theory? What do you think is real? What's happening? I mean, okay, so I had two different guests on my show, which are coming up, and I don't want to say who they are, but, because, you know, just one of them knows Denise really well. I mean, you'll know who they both are. They're both people from Bravo's past. One of them knows Denise pretty well because of one situation, and the other one knows Brandy really well, and, like... We, we talked about this. For me, I mean, here's my thing. Like, A, Brandy, even though she is crazy and she likes to drink and pop her pills, like, in general, we don't really know her to be a liar. Like, when on the show or in real life has Brandy really been caught in a lie? Right. Agreed. Yeah, she's so always truthful. Right? Like, she just, I mean, she's too truthful. She doesn't give a fuck. She just right. says whatever. So that is my only caveat. But having said that, I just don't see how it's possible. I just don't see it. I don't see it. So you don't think that they really hooked up? No. But I mean, I know there seems like there's evidence and the (laughs) fact that Brandy doesn't lie, but I just can't see this. Denise went there. Like, she's happily married. Like, I I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. See, I think it did happen. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I do. I think it happened. I think 
But it's like you're on a reality show, like everything is going to come out, whether you want it to or not. So if you really don't want it to come out, then right. why did you even do this? Like if you're married yeah. and you're alone with someone and you really want to cheat and you're in a room alone and you're dying to cheat with this person and you're on a reality show, you either just give in to your temptation because you're drunk or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, my life is ruined. Or mm. you say, I can't do this. But to do anything that you want to do when you're on a reality show that you don't want to come out, right. it, it will never work that way. Like if I were on a reality show, I would literally tell my entire team, like, let's go dig. Like I would like to, this is what I would do. I would hire a private investigator on myself, okay? Okay. And then I would say, dig out everything <laughs> from my past. I have nothing to hide. Yeah. But that's not that's not the way the world works. So you need to now dig everything out about me. Every tweet and this and just everything. And I want to know it all. And now I want to go to the network after my contract is signed or whatever. I don't know when I would do this, but I would put everything out there right in the beginning. Like IRS yeah. with Teresa, like whatever yes. it is. I get that. I get that. Come, come for me now. Come for me. Here it yeah. is. And just don't <laughs> undercover any scandal. And I like tweeted this, you know, and said this like Max and Brett. And like, I would just be like, here's everything. So just everyone decide what you want to do with me today. Now. That would be me. Yeah. I think. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna try and explain this in a way that's like, I think that Denise, I've done a lot of Denise uh, work on this podcast. I've done like, I did a whole, I think it was either like three or four part series about Denise Richards, Charlie Sheen, uh, and like Heather Locklear and the Richie Tempura of it all. Oh like, my God, don't even, like Heather Locklear makes me want to cry. Like I, I know. Let me get on my hands and knees. La Locklear is an icon. Oh, thank you. I know. It's like... An icon. Did you watch Melrose Place? Of course. I watch it before I go to bed. The best show that's, like, ever existed. The like, best soap ever. Like, ever. It is ever. amazing. I think Heather... Or, yeah, I think that she is, like, just... We should all be rooting for her and praying for her. And, like, sh there should be more visibility on how... Seriously. Her life is. It's really, you know, it's... it's Because she's going to die, and it's, like, scary. It's sad. Um, but I've done a lot of research on Denise. I've really, like, it's, I've done a lot. I've really, really, like, I've really, really done the work when it comes to Denise Richards. And I agree with Brandy in the sense of, I, I do think that they're gaslighting Denise. I think that they are all being fucking insane by, you know, digging their, their heels into, like, no, like, you should be able to talk about threesomes in front of your kids because, you were in wild things. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's not even, like, it's not even worth trying to make sense of because it's literally absurd. Like, like one thing has nothing to do with the other. Like, she's an actress, people. And she was in the movie 20 fucking years ago. Like, they were kids in that movie. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, so I think that part of it is absurd. But I do agree with Brandy when she says the way Denise Richards sort of presents herself is not... Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen used to get into some really fucking insane shit. And Denise, yeah. her life before Charlie was also really crazy. 
And I think the way that Charlie came into her life was really crazy. All of it is very crazy and all speculatory and alleged. And I'm just saying it's nuts. If you want to like do the work, listen to the episodes. It's, it's like insane. And I just think that Denise is giving us this version of herself that is not totally authentic. And I don't think that she needs to be like titty tassels, like vagina to the wind because she's Denise Richards. But I do think she's giving us this like Martha Stewart version of herself for TV that isn't totally real. And I, I do think I could totally see Denise being like, yeah, I want to fuck Brandy. Yeah, like I would totally fuck Brandy. I don't think that she, in her mind it would be a big deal at all. And I also- Even though she has a husband that she's just so in love with. Or oh God. Apparently. I mean, I definitely think that they're in love, but like Denise is like a wild, I mean, even if you listen to Denise's old Howard Stern interviews, yeah. Denise is like so much more free-spirited and so much more wild than she's presenting herself to be on the show in a good way. Like that's the thing that I love about her. Uh, so yeah, I think that she would be like, I don't think that she's conservative about her relationship at all. I really don't. I think he may be. He seems pretty buttoned up in, in many ways. Or maybe he just doesn't want to like have all their shit out there on this television show. But I think Denise is, I think Denise is like down. <laughs> like she's like, yeah, I think Denise is down. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah, and like Brandy doesn't, Brandy, the thing I've always loved about Brandy's presence on Beverly Hills and why I think she's so necessary is because she holds all of the women to the fire. She's a mess. She's a fucking mess. But she holds them to the fire. She holds them accountable. She doesn't lie. And she forces all of them to be real in a way that they hate to be real. Like, she she forces them to be, like, authentic in a way that, like, is, like, beyond the veneer, almost. It's, like, a little bit too much for them. And I like that. <laughs> I mean, that I get. That I get. You know, like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, she just doesn't lie. And that's that's why I'm, like, I'm so confused. But, I mean, I guess, like, what, do you think Denise came on this show to begin with to say, I want to change my image and I'm going to use this show to do so? I mean, is that what you think? No, I think that she came on the show thinking she could control. I the think narrative. that, Den yeah, I think she thought she could control the narrative about her life. I think Denise thought filming would be completely different. I think Denise probably thought filming would be much like much less intrusive and invasive because she's done reality TV before and she's been able to control the narrative. Like her show on E! was super lighthearted and all about yeah. her. You know, I think she had a different idea of what this would be like. And I think she thought she would be able to hide what she wanted to hide. I don't think she thought, I don't think she went into it, like came into this knowing the women would be as desperate to make good television as they are and that they would use her as a sacrifice. I don't think she intended, you know, thought that would happen ever. Um, but yeah, I think she just, she thought she'd be able to kind of hide, sweep things under the rug that she didn't want the public to see, which is like the worst thing you can do, like you said. I, yeah, I just don't understand that. Again, I don't know, like, how could you not be in, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess people don't do what we do for a living, but like, right. how could you not know? I know. Like, how could you not know the game? 
And like Bravo doesn't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about you. I mean, that's the thing. Like when all these Bravo guests come on my podcast and everything, like the bottom line is Bravo does not care if you tear your castmates to the ground. Right. They welcome it. They just don't, they just don't want you to break the fourth wall. That's when they freak out. When you start talking about producers and this and that, because that's when they're like, well, the average person, I guess they think, which I guess maybe they don't, they still don't know how it all works. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's what they care about. But so, but how could Denise not understand this is Housewives? Like, this is the big league. Yeah, Yeah, you know, like you're not gonna control the narrative. It doesn't matter who you are. it's, It's bigger than you, the Bravo machine, and they will stop at nothing. And they will fire. I mean, look, they would fire Erica too if she riled herself up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think she's in that meanie category just because she doesn't really, like Erica does play by the rules. I mean, you know, whether she opens her doors to everything else, but she's not out there like trashing the network. She's not breaking the fourth wall. Like Erica gets how the business works. Right. Totally. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. And I think, you know, based on how she's sort of her behavior on the show I think it's pretty obvious that she she came into this and 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 got something totally different than she thought it was going to be. Like, you know, her like running away from all of their events and like running from the cameras and and trying to demic herself and all of the stuff. It's like she obviously, you know, she sort of. I think that she had an idea. I think she th- she thought this would be a different thing. I really do. I think she thought this would be a different thing. I think she told her husband it would be a different thing. I think he only wow. signed up for it because they thought it would be a different kind of thing. And now they're in it and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like this is actually well, like she's crazy. She's wrong. She's very wrong about that. I mean, yeah, did she crazy. think she was Denise fucking Richards and she was like, <laughs> somehow I'm above this and I'm being brought in to save the show and I will you know, the drama will exist, but it won't involve me. I, I just don't know. I think that she thought she'd have a little bit more pull being Denise fucking Richards. Yeah. I think, you know, she thought like... And she was paid a lot to be brought in. I mean, she's paid more than a lot of others. Yeah. I'm sure she thought the the network would cater to her and that the producers would sort of cater to her boundaries and, you know, what she does and doesn't want to be shown and protecting her kids I think she thought it would be that kind of situation where it's like girl that's not what this is that's not what you signed up for no is not what she signed up for so that's the thing and so then you know the bigger issue is like is she going to be fired you know because I mean that's listen people are always asking me why people get fired there's so many different reasons why you can get fired yeah you know, like annoying the hell out of Andy and, and Bravo. <laughs> that's that's really one of them. I'm not yeah. thinking of anyone in particular. Yes. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons you're boring on the show, but you know, holding back significant parts of your life and not like Aviva. Aviva didn't go on the girls trip. I mean, right. she doesn't really leave her house, but so she has agoraphobia. But the point is the minute you don't show up. Right. You know, I mean, it's in your contract that you have to show up, but I mean, they're not going to physically come to your house and drag you out. So the minute you start skipping things and not wanting to film and the show's going on without you is pretty much a fast track to being on your fired list. Yeah, you're totally, especially like the big things, like not showing up to reunions and stuff. Like 
the old yeah. Adrian Maloof, you know? Right, like, so then that's the end of it. And, like, technically, Lisa Vanderpump didn't show up. So, technically, she probably was fired. I mean, you know, she yeah. had another show with the network and was coming back. But, like, so Denise showed up for the reunion, so she can't really be fired for that. Right. But, I mean, is that the thing? Because I could see them not firing her because she's Denise fucking Richards. Like, she's yeah. brought enough. Like, I think she has another season in her. Or do you think she's... That's it. She skipped so much and was such a pain in the ass and said, bravo, bravo, bravo. Like, do you think she is going to be fired because of this? To be completely honest with you, I don't feel like I can predict anything like that'll happen with Beverly Hills. I really don't. I don't feel like I have any grip on the future of that show. I don't know. Today, I feel like every single one of those girls could be let go. I really do. And I'm not saying that I don't think that they're all... You know, I like I value a lot of them as housewives, but like at the same time, the show is just is just so it just feels so lost. And I I would put my money on if I said who is the most protected out of this group without overthinking it, I would actually say Kyle and I would say Rinna is a close second. That's just my thought. Yeah, I think Renna is like a fucking. I mean, Renna is the the show for me. But I mean, like, who knew? Who knew? Right? You know? I mean, <laughs> so because I'm such a Melrose Place fanatic, right? Renna just holds a special place for me because totally. she's Taylor McBride. Like totally. So like, it's <laughs> not. I I've never held Renna. I mean, she happens to be the one person who went from an actress. She's the only real success story. Like, Kim Fields was a disaster. Yeah. And Claudia Jordan, I mean, she was less of an actress and more of, like, a, but she didn't do so well. So, I mean, and, you know, Denise is, is I actually like Denise, believe it or not, I'm the opposite of most people. I like Denise more this season than last season. I actually didn't like her season one. Really? How come? I was just bored. I was yeah. like, I don't understand you know, she's not a Rena for me. Like, I never loved her movies. I don't love, right. like, Charlie Sheen. I just was never, I don't not like Denise, but I was never, like, if they cast some actress that, like, I love, like, Rena. So I was never, like, this season, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of liking Denise more, believe it or not. But Rena to me, is the only one who's really gone from actress to reality star in of the Housewives successfully. Like, she, this is the role she was born for. It is. I say this all the time. I think Rena. I almost feel like because Rena comes from like a Melrose place of it all, she understands that this is a soap drama. And I think Rena is really, really comfortable. Like I said at the beginning of us talking, being in every role. Rena is so comfortable as the villain. She's so comfortable as the jester. She's comfortable as the potster. She's comfortable as the voice of reason. She can do anything. And she has like a really clear understanding that like no matter what, you're going to be all of those things at some point. So it's like just in quotes, own it. You know what I mean? Like truly just fucking own it. And like, you know, it'll like she just owns her shit. And I love it. Like she, if she's being a villainous hot stir that season then she's like very aware of it and she knows it and she's doing it and I don't know I just I love Rena. I think that the show I think that the show would be like I don't even know what it would be without her I mean I literally I keep forgetting until people tell me that Teddy is a housewife I keep forgetting that Teddy is a, a fucking real housewife 
I know. Well, I mean, to your, to your point, though, about, like, Rinna being from, like, Days of Our Lives and all of that, I mean, look at Eileen Davidson. She, I mean, I, I love her, but she wasn't exactly, she didn't transition so well. That's true. I really liked Eileen, though. Did Me you too. Not, were you not a fan? No, I actually like her, but she, you could, t- you know that she wasn't going to be a lifer. Do you know what I mean? So like, she true. just, yeah. she didn't have it in her. I mean, that's the thing. Like when I interview all of these people on my show, day after day, all day, the I mean, there's definitely common themes. There are definitely common themes. And one of the common themes is from ex Bravo people, specifically housewives, everyone who's not on the show who lasted for a minute, not Tamara or Vicky, Mm -hmm. but like the one season wonders or two season wonders. The thing I hear all the time from all of them is like, I signed up for a reality show and I brought my real life. When right. they wanted me to come and fight with Teresa or whoever, they're like, but I wasn't mad at her that day. So I'm not going to fight with her. Right. Like these women that didn't last really, I mean, bless their souls. Like they were doing the right thing that they thought they're like, it's a reality show. And I brought my life. And it's like, no, honey, like nobody wanted to see your real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. they wanted to see. So like the women that didn't last, like the one season wonders, it's always, that's the common thing I always hear. And in addition to that, they don't, they don't have it in them. It's not necessarily like if I could go back, I would do it differently. It's more like, but that's just who I am as a person. They're lovely, lovely nice people they're the actual nice sane ones you know but they're just like i don't i mean maybe they would do it differently if there was a paycheck attached to it and they got you know they get it more now but not really they're just like i brought my life and now my life has moved on so i almost think the people that last i've said this so many times like you know what you're doing and you become a caricature of yourself it's still you you're real but you understand how to play things up and yes, I think Rinna is the master of that. But then you have like a Ramona, like she knows how to do it too. You know what I mean? You have these people that are on forever that just know what to do. Would you be open to Brandy Glanville being like a full-time cast member again? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I would be here for it. Me too. Totally, totally. Cause like she's just real. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't give a shit. So. I know, yeah. I miss Brandy being like, I just like I've actually been look like watching old seasons of Beverly Hills, <clears throat> and I miss Brandy being like, "No, Kyle, like we're in Amsterdam and you you and Maurizio smoke weed all the time." No, no, Lisa, like you told me to bring those tabloids for the to embarrass Kyle. Nope, sorry. Like I just miss her like holding these women to the fucking fire and being like, no, "Right, girl, stop pretending." Like, no, stop pretending to be like Kyle. Stop pretending to like that you're on some fucking TV land sitcom. Right. You're a fucking Hilton. You know what I right. mean? Like, we know your life, girl. We've read all about it. Like, stop being like, Maurizio, weed, you. Like, girl, you know what right. I mean? I, I miss and that. Now, and now we've seen like five seasons later or whatever that Mauricio loves to smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I right. actually just watched the episode where Brandy was like, I've smoked weed with you at your house. Like, I've seen you smoke weed. And she's like, well, I've been around people that have done it. And she's like, no, girl. I've right. seen you smoke weed. Right. Like, Stop. Like, right. enough. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I don't, do you have any uh, closing housewives thoughts before we, uh, before we finish? I mean, I guess I'll just keep it to Beverly Hills in New York because if I start opening it up, we'll be there for three hours I and I, I really will come back on. I know, um, I love you. No, I have so much more to say, but like, I mean, I think that's what I think about New York. I do think there's a cash shakeup coming. As far as Beverly Hills, I mean, I'm just trying to think, do I think there's a cash shakeup coming with that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they it's just- so hard to say. I mean, listen, I don't think- I mean, I don't see how they could fire Garcelle just for the optics of it. Mm-hmm. I don't and see she's how that. Great. Sh- love, love Garcelle. Yeah, she's really cool. She's really, really good on TV. You know, so I mean, that's that, she's not going to be fired. But even her, I mean, she's an actress. Yep. she's great. Love her, but she's no Rinna. Right. She's more of like an Eileen Davidson. She's great. Right. Love her, but she Rinna just gets it but I mean do I think that Beverly Hills I mean I guess yeah like at this point like Beverly Hills kind of needs to shake it up don't they I think so too they gotta figure it out I almost to be honest with you I I know that this is like somebody's gotta go this is super contradictory given everything I just said but like this by the way that's like the basis of this podcast is me just contradicting myself constantly but like you're entitled I, I almost feel like Dorit is a lot of the reason that this show is like like Dorit loves to try and hang she's like a cat on somebody's leg just like she loves to hang on to dumb shit and try and turn it into a storyline and a thing and she's like you know what I mean like something as simple as when they went to to uh to dinner a few weeks ago and she told Sutton when she said like Sutton, you used the term freak out. And it scared me. And I said, what is freak out for her? It's like, girl, like, Dorit is the right. queen of turning nothing into nothing. You You're know right, what I mean? darling. We have, I mean, I think if I was going to predict with Beverly Hills, I mean, I gave my, like, Sonia Ramona prediction, but I'm not so convinced that that's really where it's headed. Right. But for Beverly Hills, I would predict, A, Sutton is not coming back. Totally, yeah. And B, just get rid of Teddy. That's it. Like, that would change. Enough. 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 Because, I mean, like, (laughs) they're not, yeah. I mean, that's not going to change the show as much as New York will change. But for now, give it a minute and just, that would change the show enough if they brought in another person and Sutton were replaced with, like, a really strong character. Although, I mean, again, I don't know why you can't just have Brandy and Camille as, bring back Camille too. Camille's yeah. a fucking shitster. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that this past episode was like, these past two episodes were yeah. the best of the season. Hello. So replace, just bring them both on. Don't have a friend. Just have two more housewives, Camille and Brandy, or if Camille doesn't want it, make her a friend. And that's like enough. Just that would do it. Brand, drunk Brandy makes me feel tense in a way that I, I forget. It's like I forget that she makes me feel that way until she's on TV. My heart was pounding a mile a minute while Brandy was drunk at that party. And I was like, oh yeah, this is what it feels like to be excited about Beverly Hills when it's on TV. I forgot. She's like, I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, Brandy, I think, has been very vocal too of like, y'all need me, your shit yeah. sucks. So, like, and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's like she's playing a game or holding out for a ton of money. But I mean, Brandy just kind of knows, like, if you want me, call me. 
Like, but I'm not going to change just to come back and be on some damn show. Yeah. So I think like, in a way, like she's back on her terms. And I think Camille too is not like banging down the doors to go back on the show. Like, I don't think Camille's like a fame whore dying to be on the show. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And I feel like Andy Cohen just needs to get over whatever the fuck issue he has with Brandy Glanville and allow her, because you know, I mean, if they asked her today, she'd be, oh God, like, yeah, come on, like, of course. It's like She would do, I think she's like a renotype. She would do whatever for the paycheck. I think she, yeah. I don't think she would say no, which no, no shame in that game. Not at all. I respect it. I, I mean, I am praying every every day that Brandy Glenville is brought back and revives this show. She might. I mean, really, like, she, it would just be a different show with her there. It mm-hmm. would. She's not, she's, yeah, it would just be a different show, you know? Like, but she would bring it. She would she bring brings it. A, she's such a good villain, you know? Because she's she like, is. she's a good villain because she has, like, moments of you being like, oh, Brandy, you're a nightmare. But then also it's like, you know, you like look for her to call the shit out. Like, and if you think about it, like she would either love Dory or she would just be like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. To like, she yeah, would, totally. She would like eat Dory for like breakfast. Yeah. You know? Like she would have, oh my God, if she was on the same, the same first season of Dory, she would have been like, what the fuck? Right. Like who the with fuck your, are you? Like, right. Where's your money coming from? What is this right. accent? Like, who are you? What's happening? Right. <laughs> like she, like she. I mean, listen. Brandy took on Lisa Vanderpump, so she really yeah. does it. She's not scared, like you know. But I'm not even saying like Dorit is not Lisa Vanderpump. It's just like I just I don't think she cares. Like I actually yeah. I, I I don't think she would fight with Kyle. I don't. I mean, I think she would really like maybe clash with Dorit. I think so too. I think Dorit would be a real problem for her, and and probably I could see her having some real issues with Teddy eventually. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? and even and even Rena, she she wouldn't take Rena's crap. No, they would all. It would shake things up in such a good way. Like Andy, I know you're listening. Hire the girl back. I know that she told, she, she told you to fuck off during a, a reunion, and you it was deserved, and you deserved it at that moment. And get over it. Get let over it, it. Get over it. You're making your money. Just let her back on the damn show. Who cares? <laughs> Um, well, David, tell people where they can find your podcast and your Patreon. So they can find the podcast on Apple at Behind the Velvet Rope. It's literally like what we said. It's interviews with Bravo celebrities. Sometimes it's my stories about hanging out with these people. But really, if you think of a Bravo celebrity from a show that is way off the air or currently on the air, we have had them on. So, I mean, I yeah. can't think of any show that I haven't gone after. And I mean, I dive deep into lots of little crevices of Bravo. So behind the velvet rope and on Patreon, it's just patreon.com backslash behind the velvet rope. And on Instagram, it's at behind velvet rope. There's no the. So hopefully if you want to listen to my podcast and hear more about Bravo, there's room for us all in the Bravo podcast world. So check <laughs> me out, right? We're all, we're all a little different, you know? Yeah, we all have our little thing. I'm not even like, I don't consider myself a Bravo podcast. I just kind of dip my toe in every once in a while and make my presence known. Like, hi, I'm here. And like 10% of what I do is non-Bravo. Like, again, like I'm doing yeah. the whole thing with Selling Sunset coming up because I'm obsessed. And I do have some non-Bravo, non-reality things coming up too, where I just 
pop culture icons I was able to interview. Well, I already can't wait to, uh, to record with you again. If you're interested, we should do like, um, a rewatch of like an old, sometimes that's the thing I do as well. Like I'll go back and rewatch an old episode and just kind of recap it and talk about it. Do you watch Potomac? Of course. It's like actually my favorite franchise now. All right. So, I mean, that's another thing. So it's not my favorite, but I am going to really, really focus on Potomac this season because like, I think if I just really focus and take it in, I'm going to love it. Cause it's like, it, it is a great show. So I can come back on and we can talk about that too. Cause I have a lot to say about Potomac. Me too. I would love that. Yeah. Let's come like back. Once we can the season a, starts. We can do a whole Potomac thing. I am totally down. It's that's like in two weeks. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. Amazing. You're awesome. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. All right. You too. Take care. All right. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details